My special guest today is an excellent actor who for three years played one of the most popular characters in the Bills' rich history. And he's one of the few Sun Hill elite of regulars to have enjoyed even more success upon leaving the show, thanks in no small part to his stunning performance as Mickey Maguire in Shameless. Ladies and gents worldwide, raise your glasses to the mighty Kieran Griffiths. Kieran, welcome to the Bill podcast thanks a million Ali. thanks for having me mate yeah oh it's a pleasure, pleasure. i'm honored oh bless you well, i've had so many requests <laughs> to get you on the show and like you know you're you're one of those actors i look up people you know on my list of oh who i'd love to interview and every time i've even thought about approaching you it's like all right so he's just doing a play okay so when that finishes i'll try it oh he's just in another television show okay so i'll try again later so it's it's taken a worldwide virus to actually pin you down to be honest oh, bless you mate bless you i just hope i don't let you down now no, I know. Hardly. Yeah, crazy times. And, and so you're joining us, and thank you for doing so, uh, live from Australia. So tell us how and why you are currently in Australia. That's right, mate. Yeah, so um, I'm in Sydney at the moment. I was doing a play. I was touring with a play called All I See Is You. It was a two-hander with another actor called Christian Edwards, really, really funny guy, top mate of mine now as well. And um, it was actually written by a, a lady called Catherine Smith, who used to write for the bill. Can you believe that? And do you know what, Ollie? She actually, she actually wrote my audition scene for Gary Best. Yeah. Wow. So and then, and, and then, like, what is it? How many years later? Nearly, nearly twenty years later, I did, and I, I, I was in a first play, uh, playing uh, one of her, one of the leads in that. Yeah. So isn't it funny how it all comes back around? Oh, it's, it's in the stars that one, I reckon. Yeah, most definitely. She wrote, she wrote this play called All I See Is You. Uh, and we went on like a world tour. We started off at Bolton Octagon um, and we only had a short run there and then the response was really good. So um, she wanted to put it on again and the director wanted to do it again. The two actors wanted to do it again because we knew it wasn't like finished, you know, like there was, we had so much more to give and we only got a short little nip at it because I think it was a bank holiday as well. So we weren't on on the Monday. I think we only had like 10 performances and then we ended up doing sort of like a tour all over England we went to Ireland in Dublin, and then I think we were supposed to finish in Dublin, and then they won a bursary to take it abroad. And um, she, she said, uh, "How do you fancy going to Australia?" So I was like, "Absolutely," you know, because I'd never been, and I never thought I'd, I never thought I'd come here, I, and it was never really up there on my list to come here. So we went and did that. We had like I think we had a week or two in Sydney, and then we had to go to Melbourne. But in the meantime, when I got to Sydney, I met a girl, as you do, fell in love. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hence we being back here now. Um, and uh, yeah, we're expecting our first baby. So here I am. Yeah, oh, so. congratulations. Wow. Thank, I know, yeah. Thanks a million, yeah. Isn't it funny life? Oh, life is... I met my wife online dating by, by changing a filter. This thing was recommending all these hopeless dates for me and I had nothing in common with these people. And I thought, I'm going to turn this filter off because it's not working. <laughs> and there she was, centre page. And I'm like, and yeah. yeah. Eight years on, happy, married, and brilliant. Yeah, fair play to you, mate. Fortunately, she, uh, she she indulges me in the bill, so she doesn't mind watching the bill. <laughs> good, good. I know well, that well, that won't do her any harm. <laughs> no, it certainly won't. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, are you aware of the huge fan base the bill has in Australia? Yeah. Well, I remember when I remember when we were doing it. A lot of people used to go over. A lot of the actors used to go over. I'm sure they had like trips every year. I'm sure Chris Simmons has been there. I think he went with Carl. Collins and maybe was it George Rossi? I know I think about three of them went. And then there was Beth Cordon, and she went over. 
because she was seeing that Daniel McPherson for a while. He was in oh, it because he was Aussie. I think he might have brought a few followers onto it as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, people always used to say to me, oh, you want to go to Australia? You want to go to Australia? But I always used to be like, nah, the flight's going to kill me. Do you know what I mean? You're right. Uh, I can't sit still to save my life. And I thought, <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely not going to sit on a plane for 24 hours. But in hindsight, I wish I'd have gone now when it was in its heyday, you know, when it was like on. But uh, well, I'm here now anyway. Yeah. I mean, you just had that fantastic guest part in Casualty. So was was that made before you went or did you come back? How is your working arrangement at the moment? If you obviously right now it's on hold because of the coronavirus. But like if you got a call to go and do a telly over here, how feasible is that for you to do? Yeah, mate, honest to God, I have no idea what I'm doing, what I'm doing in that sense. I mean, I'm, obviously, I've just like follow the work because that's what most actors do. isn't it? they just go where the work is. Um, so yeah, I stayed here. We were in here in September, and then I think I got the casualty about November, end of October time. So I nipped home for a couple for a couple of months. Um, did that, um, caught up with some family and stuff, and then I was like, right, I've got to go back to Australia. Um, yeah, so that's what I'll do now. I mean, I've got an agent over here now as well. Um, I've got my agent in London, um, so I'll just kind of just see what happens. Just go wherever the work takes me, do you know what I mean? But my girlfriend, she's a musician as well. She plays violin, so she's um, in the same boat, really. You know, she'll follow the work. So we're, so we're both, we've both got that um, similar work thing going on, you know, where we just have to drop everything all of a sudden and just go wherever. She was supposed to be playing in The Addams Family, actually. You know, the musical, The Addams Family. Yeah, yeah and it was, it, was coming to, it was coming to Sydney, and then it got cancelled with all the virus and everything, so, yeah. Oh, I hope it gets put back on for her, because that was... That'd be awesome. I know, I was looking forward to that. I used to love that as a kid. Uh, have I read correctly that you were a Laurel and Hardy fan? Is that Because like, I'm wondering what inspired you. <laughs> you just said it, yeah. Yeah, well, do you know what? It's funny because me and my granddad used to just, like, I remember being a titchy, like, I'm, I mean, I'm, God, I must have been like, well, from, from the first, I can, from my first memories, like, from being maybe five, six, I remember loving Laurel and Hardy. Like, are you into them yourself? Oh, I love them. I've got the box set and, yeah, yeah. I grew, me and my oh, brother grew up watching Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. The Brats. I used to love the Brats. Have you seen that episode where Laurel and Hardy play um, play the younger versions of themselves? And oh, it's incredible Lord, yeah. to think, you know, that's pre-CGI and the set building, everything. It's just immaculate. Yeah. I, I love Blockheads. I love Way Out yeah. West, obviously. Way Out West. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Way Out West. That's a great one. <laughs> Yeah, me well, me and my granddad. I remember like my granddad would be sat in the chair, and I'd like run up and come and sit on his knee, and then I'd, me and, I'd watch it with my granddad, and then I'd like run into the kitchen, get the stool, get the little kitchen stool out, do you know what I mean? And then my, my granddad and my nin would have to sit in the kitchen and watch me do the brats, and I'd know it inside out, and I'd do like all the characters that were in it, do you know? And must have been bored, bored to death, but yeah, I was always like mimicking people, and then I'd go to my dad's house. And that'd be the Marx Brothers. I was banging to the Marx Brothers as well. Uh, like Monkey Business, Animal Crackers, uh, Duck Soup, all of them, yeah. So I was always mad into them, that, that sort of stuff. It's a brilliant era, isn't it? Buster Keaton and the Three Stooges. All these guys were so, at Chaplin, of course, so ahead of their game. When you actually look at, especially some of Keaton's stuff now, it's mad what they did with, with like, all the stunts he did. Oh, it is quality. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't never ages like I can watch them yeah. now and still be like creasing up. Do you know what I mean? Watching yeah. them, yeah. So that, so yeah, I'd say it was like Laurel and Hardy really, and 
the Marx Brothers. I used to love, like, I'd watch it, I'd learn it. I just was obsessed with it, do you know? And I'd watch it over and over and over again. I must have seen Monkey Business about, God, easy, like, 100 times yeah. in my oh, life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, oh. yeah, so that's what got me going. And then I was always, like, mimicking. I'd always mimic people as well, like, my mum. If my mum had friends or whatever or round and they had a little bit of a twang in their accent or they'd have a like, little a certain mannerism. Do you know, and my mum would have a few glasses of wine and she'd be like, Kieran, Kieran, do do this, do this person, do that person. I'd love it. You know, so I was always, I think I was just a bit of an attention seeker, to be honest with you. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that is it. That's it. Nail on the head, I'd say. Did your family support you in actually trying to do this professionally? How did it happen? Well, it was kind of like, it was, my mum was very like, I was, I was a bit like, I'd like, I'd always mimic teachers and stuff like that as well, do you know, in school. And I was like, I was always like, I'd want to be, I'd want attention in school. You know, I'd say, I'd say it was probably ADHD, but you don't, it was never a, really a thing back then, do you know what I mean? But I was, I was quite, I wasn't like a bad kid, but I was a bit disruptive, do you know what I mean? I'd do anything for a laugh, like, do you know, like, like people, you know, you know that way, like. And then my mum was like, oh, you, you should, uh, you should, you should go to these workshops. So I started going to these workshops in Manchester with my mate on a Saturday morning. And I uh, loved it. The first lesson was like, uh, the first workshop we, we did was like improvisation. You know, where they throw like a scenario at you and then you have to just like run with it. And I came back and mum was like, how was it? And I was like, oh my God, I was like, I loved it. So I used to go there religiously every Saturday and they put on like showcases and stuff. And then my, I'd, I'd got like, a few little bits and bobs, but my break probably was, um, there was a film in Manchester called um, There's Only One Jimmy Grimble. It's like a football film about a, a, a Manchester City fan who found a pair of magic football boots. And I auditioned for that. But Robert Carlyle was in it, Ray Winston. Some big names in it. Like, I used to love him as well, Robert Carlyle. I remember like when I watched, watched Trainspotting for the first time. I must have been about 16 or 17. I remember watching Trainspotting and learning like all the Begbie bits, you know? Just like, yeah, I don't know if there's any good at it, but I used to love like doing it. Do you know what I mean? Even in front of the mirror, like... And um, anyway, I got a part in that. And then the producer of that film got me an agent in London. Um, I was only about 17. I would have been 17. And she got me an agent in London. And then once Jimmy Grimble finished, my first sort of TV audition properly was um, The Bill. You wow. know, make like, yeah, big thing. And then, um, so I, I think I got it when I was like 17. And then my birthday was in the March, and then I start my 18th birthday, and then I started in the April. So I literally just turned 18, got this dream job, you know, in London, with a bit of money in me in my back burner. I was like, pfft, I was, I was loving it. I was so lucky, like big time. I remember the first thing I saw you in, along with 15 million others, was your your Coronation Street storyline. Yes, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. You held your own with all those legends. I mean, that, that was, <laughs> you, I mean, I can only imagine the pressure of doing something like that. Like, when, yeah. and you've got all the, all those heroes and brilliant actors and like, yeah. you've got more, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a dream role, isn't it? For, yeah, I can't believe you're like, you're 17 and like, you're, you're so, so impressive yeah. in that. I don't know when the oh, last time you've seen mate. it, but. Yeah, no, probably probably when it came on, you know, when it was just when it was on, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a good that was a good set off as well. That was from that was from the workshops as well that I used to go to. But yeah, that was a good little a good little role. 
it's one thing to be doing like workshops and theatre with with an audience that you're responding to, but it seems like you very quickly mastered that art of performing to camera. So where did you, is that an instinctive thing for you, do you think? It must have been. It, it must have been, you know, yeah, it must have been, yeah. And I suppose you, you're always like learning, aren't you, like every job and stuff. I don't, don't think I really knew what I was doing. That's probably, that was probably a good thing, you know. I mean, do you know when you're like sort of fearless because you're young and you're just like, okay, you know, so I mean, it might have come across good, but I, I mean, the, the cameraman and the directors might have been, might have been a nightmare for them. I've got no <laughs> idea. I can't really remember it too well, do you know what I mean? But... But then you learn little things on the job and then, you know, you work with actors and you pick up little things and they, you know, tell you stuff and advise you and give you little tips and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good job, isn't it? It's crazy sometimes. I can't believe it. Sometimes I can't believe that's what I do for a living. Do you know what I mean? I'm, like, are you just me I'm getting paid to mess around and, like, pretend to be other people. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you do it very, very well. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can only imagine the excitement, 18 years old. getting. I mean, how on your radar was for Bill? Had you seen it growing up? Yeah, do you know what? I used to I used to hate the theme tune. Do you remember the old theme, the theme tune when it was them two coppers walking up the cobble street? <laughs> and it was yeah. like the feet. Well, that was my cue to go to bed off my mum. So I used to sit up and watch the Bill with my mum. And as soon as that, well, you know, yeah, and then the, then the feet had come up, and my mum would look at my mum, she'd look at me, and she'd be like, "Bed." I used to hate it, yeah. So it used to haunt me a little bit, but no, I used to watch it as a kid, obviously, yeah, absolutely. So what was it like when? Uh, I mean, your first episode, you paired up with Graham Cole, so uh, who I can <laughs> yeah. only imagine would be a really good person to have take under your wing yeah. when you're joining a show like that. Yeah, yeah, he was lovely, and he had a really good heart, heart, good heart, Graham. Do you know what I mean? Very, very. I was kind of lucky, probably, that they threw me in with him because he is very warm. Do you know, he's a very warm character, and uh, I was paired up with him for quite a while. But the good thing I'd say is that when I joined. There was a few of us that all joined at the same time. I think it was me, Scott Maslin, Pal Aaron. I think Diane Parrish had only just joined. Who else? Roberta Taylor. Yeah, Connie Hyde. Connie Hyde, she's top. She's good cracker. Yeah, but there was a few of us, you know, so it wasn't just me starting on my own, which probably helped, you know, and we and the, the all the new ones had sort of met up before and had like photo shoots or, you know, got together. So we we're all we were all familiar with each other. We'd all met each other before we started filming, which probably helped. That's good, yeah, because it was quite, um, I mean, at that time, very publicised. You know, they'd had a big cast, Carl, and, and Paul Marquess was that coming was it, in yeah. with his vision. That's it, of the yeah, show. they had a new producer. God, you got a good memory, man. you got a better memory <laughs> than me. <laughs> yeah, but Bill was going through this transformation at the time where it was going to be more about the characters' private lives as well. And But I, I feel like right from me off, like, it's they. I mean, the writers and you nailed Gary because Gary in the last episode is the same guy who's in that first episode, you know, where yeah. some, some characters take their time to warm up. It seems like they have such a strong vision of who he was and the the abuse, you know, you're, you're encouraging this young lad to speak out who's been beaten up and it's a really good opener for your character and they uh, yeah. they gave you some good stuff right from the off. Ah, they did, yeah, yeah. Some really good stuff. I was so lucky as well with some of the people that I worked with on there. You know, like, some of the guest actors that came in were quality. Do you know, like, the guy who played my dad, oh, Ian Pulston Davis? Yeah. He's great. He's, he's colossal. He's a heavyweight, like, do you know? And then, yeah, he played my dad, and we had a riot when, when he was on there. Um, he was on there for a... He was with us for a good while. 
but yeah, I was re I was really lucky, and a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the um, regulars that were already there as well, like they all took me under the, the, their wing, you know, like um, like I was hanging around with like um, Scott Neal a lot. There's me, him, Maya Brady, like there's us three together. We used to we used to have a riot and um, good times. Me and Maslin had hung about quite a bit, but uh, and then me and Chris Simmons were like, you know. Really tight, and um, all of them like you know what I mean. Then Sally Rogers came on, had a riot with her. It was top, really. I met, met some top people. Carl Collins, um, still in touch. You know, I just met up with Carl actually in Manchester because he was supposed to be doing this play, uh, performing at the Royal Exchange, and that just got cancelled, unfortunately. Yeah, I was gutted. Um, I met up with him like and had a, had a few beers, and um, yeah, but I was just dead lucky because everyone on there really like took me under the. Wing, you know, I felt like at home, you know, and they didn't treat me like a kid either, you know, they, they treated me, but they were all, they gave me some great advice. I remember them telling to me, you know, because obviously, like, you go down to London, you're 18, all I wanted to do was, like, piss it up the wall, basically, do you know what I mean? I just wanted to go out and have a crack, and um, they just said, uh, you know, make sure that you, you, you try and buy a house while you've got, while you can get a mortgage and this and that, do you know, and I'm so glad that I took their advice and did that, because that, that rescued me a couple of times, do you know what I mean? After leaving the bill, I went up and out of work, and you know, but it's funny, me and Crystal laugh because I remember like uh, going into work one time and I think I was like a little bit late or something or, I, you know, I was a bit hungover or whatever. I mean, which is really bad, you know what I mean? You don't do that. But my my, 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 my line used to be, I'm only 18, what do they expect? Do you know, <laughs> <laughs> and people still say that to me now, but then... You know, the older you get, you're like, Christ, like, I'm 36 now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I can't, can't use that one anymore. Yeah, but no. Talk me through a day in the life. Like, what was your routine? Like, going to work and, like, you know, who did you share your dressing room with? And what was it like wearing a uniform? And Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, I remember we had to shave every day, which I used to hate. You know, clean shave as well. Because I get, like, all these growing hairs and stuff. And, like, every, but everybody really didn't like shaving. But that was like a... I think, you know, you have to go in to make up, go in, have a shave, put your costume on. That felt weird as well, you know, putting the police uniform on, because it's so, so much gear as well. Like, you have the, you have the pants, these big clumsy boots. Uh, like, I felt like it was like a school uniform, you know, that school jumper. But then on top of that, they put like the, the stab vest on, the belt with all the like handcuffs, the spray, the bat and everything. It used to weigh a ton. Um, but I think they used to take the padding out of the stab vest for us, because like, you know, to make it lighter for us. But I remember in summertime, it used to be so hot. And he'd be like, can I not take my jumper off in this scene? And costume would be like, no, because you had it on. Like, when you left the last scene, you're like, oh, man, why didn't I take it off in, in that scene, you know, mid-scene, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was funny, yeah. But I remember when they moved me up to CID, that was just like a dream come true, like, because I just wanted rid of the uniform. I used to hate the uniform, you know, because of all the bits and pieces, and then you'd leave a bit, you'd leave a bit lying around, and the jumper used to itch me, because I was very sweaty as well. Do you know, like, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was my hormones or what, still cracking on at 18 years old, but I remember I always used to seem to be sweating, and probably because I was drinking quite a bit at the time, you know, because I was always going out, that probably wouldn't have helped. But when they moved me up to CID and I got to wear, like, you know, jeans and a t-shirt in an episode i'd be absolutely over the moon or a little suit i'd be like yeah this is a bit better for me that's quite a big thing because i mean they did that with mark winger in the early days moving from uniform to cid and i think andy paul had a stint but that's quite a big thing for for you know a uniformed character to yeah. get moved into a more because cid i think the in your era I, I feel like the cid officers 
got the better police procedural storylines akin to the old days of a bill. I, I think the uniform yeah, yeah. coppers at times, it, it, it fell into that soapy bracket for some of them, not everyone. Coppers moonlighting as like escorts and stuff like that. <laughs> I wish I'd have got that storyline. <laughs> Sally recalled you and the topic bar. Was that when I cut myself? Yeah, mate. Well, we had this, uh, so we, me and Sally get on set and there's this like uh, vending machine, this old vending machine with loads of like old chocolate out of date and everything. And there's like a hole, someone, and thinking the story, someone had like broken into this vending machine and it was all, anyway, they, this health and safety or whatever and the first uh, AD or whatever gave this big speech to all the cast and the crew saying, right guys, I uh, just want to let you all know that this is real glass. So be very careful. Don't go near it. Blah blah blah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I was like to Sally, I was like, oh man, I was like, I could murder a topic now, and there's a topic bar in the thing. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, I'll go and get it for some stupid reason. And it's real glass. And they told me it wasn't even that bigger like hole. To be honest with you, I was really like, I was really chancing it. Do you know what I mean? Put my hand in, cause the word straight away. I've still got the scar. Have you read? Wow! Can you see? <laughs> I don't know if you can see that on my yeah. middle finger, Look but yeah, that. right there. And then I thought, oh my god! So then, I, as soon as I nicked myself and put my other hand on it, walked back to Sally, trying to be dead, like as if nothing had happened. Do you know what I mean? And next, it was just like drip, 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 drip <laughs> on the floor. And Sally looked at me. She went. You've cut yourself, haven't you? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then, of course, there's like medic gets called on set because they make you have to. They, they do make a big deal of it, but I suppose they have to, you know, to cover the backs and stuff. But yeah, I was I was in the bad books for a little bit <laughs> for doing that. But yeah, I just couldn't resist. What happened to them topic bars, by the way? I've seen them for ages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that one. Good. Yeah. Your your tweet suggested that might not have been the most outrageous thing you 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 got up to. Was there any anything no, else? No, was... <laughs> loads, mate. Gee, how long have you got? Um, yeah, there was one time. I remember one time. I think Pal Aaron and Russell Floyd had been at my house, and we we're all drinking Jack Daniels, and um, we we're having a few drinks. And I remember just falling asleep. Because we had to get ourselves to the building. That was this was one of my bad badder days, to be honest with you. And uh, we had to get ourselves to the building, to the studio and stuff. I was drinking Jack Daniels. I, I fell asleep with this bottle of Jack Daniels or a glass of Jack Daniels, sorry, and coke in my hand. And the next thing, I woke up and it was all over me. And I was knocking at the at the door at the house where I lived, and I was like, "Oh my god, who's this?" And I was like, "Oh, what time is it? Oh shit!" Open the door and the costume, the bus with all the crew on and the costume and the makeup and everything were, on, were, were there waiting for me outside the house. They were on the way to set, right? And I remember like running out the door, locking the door and stuff, just going straight out onto the bus. Everyone's like, oh God, where were you? I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I overslept, blah, blah, blah. And then I got on the bus and I think it was the first said to me, uh, were you drinking last night? I was like, no, no, no. And I said, why? I said, why? He said, uh, Said you haven't got any shoes on, so I'd left the house without <laughs> without any shoes on. So I was there on the bus with my socks on. So I gave myself away a lot of the time. But yeah, there was another time me and Chris Simmons had been out. Uh, this is when I, I moved then from that was in Wimbledon. Then I moved to Clapham, and um, me and Chris had been out on the on the lash like and um, got back to my, my front door in Clapham, and I was like, I've lost my keys, mate. I can't find my keys. 
And he was like, no, you've got your keys. I was like, no, mate, they're gone, completely gone. Checked my pockets, uh, my coat, everything. He was like, mate, they've gone, they've, 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 they've gone. So the next thing, I started trying to kick my own front door in, right, <laughs> to get into the house, right? <laughs> then, then one of the neighbours, one of the neighbours must have thought we were breaking in, called the police, that's the real police. The police came and said, what are you doing? And I was like, I said, I was going, it's my house. Like, you know, I've locked, I've locked myself out, blah, blah, blah. I had to show them some ID. They checked it on the, on the yoke or whatever. And uh, the next thing, the police helped me kick the door into my own house. So to, to give me an entry. Anyway, we were like, bloody hell, that was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? Me and Chris were in the, the flat. I sat down on the sofa, put my hand in this other little pocket that I had, <laughs> found the key, found the key in my pocket. Absolute nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, just a liability, really, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but there's loads of little scrapes like that, you know, when you... You're daft, aren't you, when you're young as well, you know, you, you, you don't think at all. And, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying, to, trying to be the better version of myself now, do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we, we've, all, we've all been there, yeah. I'm, I'm still yeah, working that yeah. one out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and Chris have got such... Like, I, I really enjoyed a load of your Wayne and Abel sketches. They're very oh, good yeah, fun. Oh, yeah, God. Maybe they could have a little comeback now with it. everyone's got to be inside, you know. That's, that's ideal yeah, viewing for it's Wayne and Abel. good to get productive again like that, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of them now would be dated, you know, and um, probably wouldn't be allowed to put out some of the stuff that was in there now. <laughs> fair, I mean, fair enough, it was, a, it was a while back, but it'd be good to get our heads together again and, and do something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's enjoyable, even if it doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's, it's good fun just, just being creative, isn't it, do you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That way. There's a lot of love still with the camaraderie of, of the actors from The Bill, which I don't know whether that's the same for you and other shows you've worked on, but it seems like you're all still quite a tight bunch. Yeah, like if I ever saw any of them, you know what I mean? Because I'm still in touch with quite a lot of them. Like Chris Simmons, for example, Scott Maslin, Maya Breda, Scott Neal. I bumped into Roberta Taylor because I was working with her on Shakespeare and Hathaway. Oh. And that was crazy just to see just to see her again. Yeah, it was just like wow. I was like, oh my god, Diane Parrish. Um, yeah, yeah. Such a solid lineup of actors in your era. Like everyone's. Like, yeah. From the live episode, I mean, you know, even like a heavyweight like Todd Carty said he was terrified doing it. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, yeah. and you've got like not just to act live, you've got a stunt with fireworks going off. Take us back to that. That must have been scary. Yeah. I remember we had to rehearse it for a couple of months. I think it was a good, good couple of months rehearsal. And you know, because obviously the crew have to be on the, on their game. We have to be able to hit our marks and, uh, well, one know your lines, hit all these marks. Very technical it was that, you know, there's like lights and uh, wires, you know, you can't see any wires. It was a real like proper team effort that, you know. But I remember being absolutely petrified because I remember him saying we're going to do a live episode. So I was like, okay, I hope I'm not in it. I hope I'm not in it. I hope I'm not in it. <laughs> and then, blam, you get the script. I was in it loads. I was like, yeah. no. Yeah, I was petrified doing it. Um, but I remember everyone was in the same boat, really, weren't they? So even the crew as well. So, um, but I remember, I remember that night, the butterflies, the adrenaline was just like ridiculous. Do you know when you're like, okay, we're going to go live in like five minutes. You get five minute call. And I was just like, Pfft. And, I, and then I knew that like uh, my mum would be watching it back at home, my mates would be watching it, and then loads of people th would be watching it thinking, oh, God, I hope somebody messes up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're just thinking, I don't want to be that guy. But um, 
I remember watching it back, yeah, I mean, then it, it went quite smoothly, I think, yeah, from did. what I remember. Yeah. It did, didn't it? I don't think there was any hiccups on it. But I remember watching it back a few days later, because obviously everybody just went out after that. We had like a big party, like in one of the halls or something afterwards. That was nice. And everyone was just like, wow, we, we did it. We did it. You know, and uh, but I remember watching it back a couple of days afterwards <laughs> when my head had cleared and thinking that I, everything was really fast. But I think that must have been the adrenaline. I mean, it might not have, you might not have picked up on it as a viewer, but I remember watching it back, you know, because of that, and I'm critiquing myself, do you know what I mean? I was right. like, flipping heck, mate, chill out. Do you know, like, everything was so fast, it was just like, da -da 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 -da. I just want it to be over. Do you know what right, I mean? Like, right. that way, probably that's what was, what was going on. But yeah, it was probably just a mixture of adrenaline and, you know, nerves and nervous energy and just like, <laughs> There'll be more gold dust to come from Kieran in part two. What absolutely lovely man. And we'll be kicking off part two with more memories of the live episode, in particular how they created that exciting firework-filled finale. So stay tuned for that coming very soon. Patreon credits at the end of part two. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.